Good evening, motherfuckers. Welcome back to Tusk. The world is going to shit, so we are kicking back and enjoying the show. And it's been a hell of a couple of weeks since our last uh, news updating episode, so to speak. And, well, as usual, we have Marquis with us here again today. How are you doing tonight, Marquis? I'm doing great, Tusk. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. And now, uh, you brought me up to speed about a few of events that have gone on these past couple of weeks and uh, the first one that you brought to my attention was <laughs> the San Francisco law enforcement has decided to implement police robots what are your thoughts on that that's right Tusk it appears the San Francisco city government is smoking crack or doing something they shouldn't be doing because they're basically playing out the script of a Terminator movie. As per regulations voted this last Tuesday, the San Francisco Police Department just got the green light to use robots that are capable of using deadly force. So basically, whenever there's a situation where the San Francisco cops are in a situation where they think there's a real chance of harm coming to an officer, they can employ, they can employ, I should say, one of these robots. They very graciously limited it to uh, not having guns. So uh, that's quite a concession there. Instead, some of these robots might have explosives and might kill a person that way. This wouldn't even be the first time that police have killed someone with explosives in this way with robots. That uh, shooter who killed six policemen in Dallas I, a couple of years ago was neutralized in this way by a, a robot with an explosive device. And right now, that was ad hoc back then. Right now, they're trying to make that mainstream. And that should be terrifying to people, but hardly anybody's picking it up it's outside of like the libertarian press. Absolutely insane. Right. Yeah. Uh, quite merciful. For them to limit their use to explosives rather than firearms, but uh, but I digress. Yeah, San Francisco. Exactly. San Francisco show. It's a uh, well, Nancy Pelosi. That's all I have to say about that city. Um, that does sum it up, Tusk. Yeah. The ACLU of Northern California just came out against this the other day, tweeting that. Killer robots will not make San Francisco safer. Police kill black and brown people at epidemic rates, and remote triggers are easier to pull. I just wrote a piece about this on my blog that's just been reactivated. We'll get to that a little bit later. But that's one of the big things about this whole thing, is that the psychological cost of using deadly force, at least on the officer's part, also, when you factor in like the legal costs to it, are very high. And when you add a layer of separation between the person who's applying the lethal force and the victim of it, it makes it easier to apply. It separates you from the action. It makes it easier. It makes it feel like it's a video game or something. That's right. basically the same thing that happened with the drone wars over in the Middle East, where we get to a point where war is not conducted in the way it previously was, where the psychological costs of killing were borne entirely on the person who's 
right there in the battlefield in the moment. But now it could also be done on thousands of miles away by a guy in a shipping container with an Xbox controller who's controlling a drone. And that makes the process of eliminating terrorists or enemy combatants, what have you, easier. It makes it, it lowers the cost of it. And it's just basic economics. When you lower the cost of something, there's going to be more of it. So when you apply the same dynamic of making killing psychologically easier on the person doing it, the same thing that, that revolutionized warfare and totally depersonified it and regimented it, apply that from the Middle East to American streets. What do you think is going to happen here? Nothing good. I know what I think is going to happen here. Yeah, no, nothing good. That's for sure. Yeah. I Absolutely. Have, I have one question for that city. What the fuck are you doing? Seriously, it's like their their own little world over there. It's like Florida man on crack. Just, I don't even know what to say for that city. At this point, nothing they do surprises me. It's Florida man on the hypodermic needles and whatever was in them, probably fentanyl or something, that are scared all over their city. Yeah, definitely. That just about sums it up. Which, by the way, you mentioned this earlier, so I'd like to take a minute to tell our listeners. Marquis has just reopened his own personal website called The Conservative Critique, where he talks about politics and social issues from a conservative angle. So y'all be sure to go check that out. That's theconservativecritique.com. It's got a lot of good information on there about all kinds of events and political issues in the nation right now. Thank you, Tusk. Love the plug. And yes, I'm going to be writing on this a lot more. It got shut down for two years when my priorities changed, but uh, now it's back up and operational. I just published a long article about uh, this killer robot issue. I can't believe we have to say killer robot issue, but apparently this actually is a problem now. A problem that's about to become a general problem if this becomes a trend in law enforcement as opposed to just a localized problem to a few jurisdictions. But I just wrote a piece on that. There are going to be more pieces coming, and uh, I hope y'all uh, go check it out and uh, leave your email in there so you can subscribe and get emails whenever there's a new article posted. Sounds great. Back to the killer robot thing and how we can't believe we're saying it, it does seem like we are sliding into a dystopian sci-fi thriller flick or some shit. That's very cool that you use the word dystopian, because that's the same thing that Tiffany Mayer, a civil rights attorney at the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights in the San Francisco Bay Area said. He hmm. said, and I quote, we are living in a dystopian future where we debate whether the police may use robots to execute citizens without a trial, jury, or judge. Uh, we really shouldn't be having this conversation, but yet here we are. We all grew up on seeing like Terminator movies, and but we're making the Terminator right now. Yeah. Why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems like 90% of the conversations that we are having as a society, we shouldn't be having to have. On to the next issue, though. Apparently, the Pentagon has failed 
a fifth audit. Elaboration on that? It's pretty much par for the course. The Pentagon has actually never passed an audit. They've been doing this off and on since the 90s when they passed a bill saying that all federal agencies need to be audited from time to time to see if uh, some crazy shit's going on. And for the Pentagon's case, some crazy shit is always going on. Surprise, and I don't know what they're doing back there, but whatever it is, they're not keeping track of all their equipment. You think for all the use they put into Excel, Word documents, and PowerPoints, they'd be able to keep track of their money. But in fact, they can't. 1,600 auditors combed through the DOD's three and a half trillion, trillion with a T. That's how many assets they're supposed to have. And 3.7 trillion in liabilities, and officials found that the department couldn't account for about 61% of its assets as per the Hill. Huh. They can't find trillions of dollars in assets. How do you lose that much? I don't know. Why am I not surprised? Government agencies not adding up? Exactly. What's great, though, is that uh, most federal agencies are able to pass these audits. So that's surprisingly good on them. And at least they can balance their books or at least tell you why their books aren't balanced. The Pentagon isn't even able to tell us why their books aren't balanced. You said 61% of their assets are unaccounted yes, for? Precisely. 61% of the Pentagon's assets, as per the Hill, cannot be found right now. They don't know where they are. That Maybe they don't exist. Maybe they've been stolen or... I don't know how that works because a lot of their assets are like barracks buildings at F-35s and shit. I don't know how you walk off with a barracks building, but <laughs> apparently a large amount of their assets are just gone. And let's just take a minute just to talk about the military industrial complex and just what those assets are and how much of them there were. I'm going to quote from that same article from The Hill. What they found were several new weaknesses in how the DOD accounted for its assets, which include nearly 2.9 million military personnel, equipment, and weapons, including 19,700 aircraft and more than 290 ships, and physical items including buildings, roads, and fences on 4,860 sites worldwide. Supposedly nobody stole a road, but... Uh, maybe they've fallen to disrepair or something. I don't know. Near, they don't know either. But that's a lot of capital they have. They have 4,860 sites worldwide that they're admitting to. This is just the stuff they're admitting to. There's a lot of talk about how about the U.S.'s position as a superpower in history relative to other great powers and all. In fact, uh, Amy Chu coined the phrase hyperpower, that uh, that's where a country is so powerful that there are no near-peer rivals. It's just that one. You're only going to see a few of those in history, like uh, the British Empire, or to some extent the Dutch Empire, or the Roman Empire, and the United States for a little. We do have near-peer rivals now with uh, revisionist Russia and resurgent China, but for a minute, the U.S. was a hyperpower. And the legacy of that is 
4,860 military sites that are acknowledged worldwide. This isn't counting CIA black sites, DEA positions worldwide, or God knows how many other installations that the U.S. operates. No other state in world history has had an empire that is quite this globe bestriding. That really opens the U.S. up to a commitment that is unique in human history. Right. Why do we have to have this sort of commitment? Why do we have to police the world? We shouldn't. Exactly. I don't see why it always has to fall to the United States to go abroad in search of monsters to destroy. That was exactly what John Quincy Adams said the United States shouldn't be doing. The U.S. was supposed to be a small, mercantile, free republic on the periphery of the world, where people from all the despotic states of Europe, back when they were more despotic, or should I say, in a different way of despotic than they are now, and all the other dark and unenlightened territories. People could just breathe free here. They wouldn't be drafted into a military. They wouldn't have all their earnings taxed away. And they wouldn't be a subject to kowtow to some potentate. But instead, the U.S. has completely metamorphosed over the years and has now turned into a globe-bestriding empire that has security commitments unlike anything known since the Roman Empire. And even at their heyday, they didn't have commitments as ludicrous as ours. Why can't we return to being that little mercantile republic on the periphery of the world? I think we should sure try to do that. We definitely should. It's those ideas like George W. Bush getting us into the Middle East, uh, Sniffy the Clown getting us involved in Ukraine, and uh, threatening to get us involved with Taiwan, which his own administration had to backtrack him on that. Yeah, it's shit like that that is getting us into a whole lot of conflict that does a whole lot more harm than good. It's not a priority that we should have. Exactly. If we were able to get good outcomes out of like the war in Afghanistan or defending Taiwan or defending Ukraine or defending the whole of Europe, then maybe it would be worth it. 20 years in the sandboxes of the Middle East. Iraq is a client state of ours, to some extent still, and that place is still a war zone. Afghanistan has fallen back to the Taliban. After 20 years and trillions of dollars, we have replaced the Taliban with the Taliban. Yep. Our spending on Europe and their security has been such that the Europeans no longer have their military establishments anymore, which is in theory good for world peace, but in reality has left them dependent on the United States and has allowed them to funnel all of their money into welfare states, which have now crippled them. So we bear at least some guilt for Europe sinking into its malaise. Good job. What yeah. would happen if we got into a war with China over Taiwan now? And we already are in a quasi-war with Russia over Ukraine. How far is it going to go? When is it going to be enough? There will never be worldwide perfection. And we need to stop wasting billions of dollars, thousands of lives, trying to reach it. 
Our problems are our problems. Other people's problems are other people's problems. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't give a shit about anybody in the world, but putting that on paper for our legislative and executive branches of the government to sacrifice our well-being and our way of life to fight a never-ending battle. It's just stupid, for the lack of a better word. Indeed. It would be a lot less stupid if the outcomes at the end of the war were better than they were. They're just not most of the time. We haven't had a definitive victory since World War II, where the outcome at the end of the war is totally preferable to where it was at the beginning. Even at the end of the Gulf War, we still had Saddam Hussein in there, and he immediately went back to being a tyrant, such that we had to invade his country again a decade later. Had to, in quotes. But I digress. And even at the end of World War II, we liberated Europe. Applause. Great. Love it. But then we delivered half of it to Stalin. Yep. You defeated Lucifer, and you replaced him with Beelzebub. Yeah, that just about sums it up. Also, thank you Nixon and LBJ for getting countless men killed fighting another nation's battle for no real reason. We replaced communism in Vietnam with communism in Vietnam. Yep, you have replaced shit with crap. But, that is about the size of it. But in other news... A nuclear engineer, Sam Britton, was caught stealing luggage from an airport. I don't know how much deeper it goes. I don't know much of this guy's background. He was... Uh, I guess he... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call him he. Was a graduate from MIT. He graduated from there in 2013. But from what I've heard, he is very clearly not mentally stable and was likely hired due to being non-binary. But, again, he was a graduate from MIT. Usually those dudes go on to be in very top-notch positions. I'm not going to give too much commentary on that. I'm sure you know more about the situation than I do. Yes, your commentary constitutes a hate crime because he's actually openly gender-fluid, according to the New York Post. Then what the fuck <laughs> is he right now? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not going to try to guess it. I'll just say, oh, gender fluid. Whatever. Or it's all too third for me. But I digress. It appears the luggage he just up and stole was worth $2,325. So this wasn't exactly a small thing. He's being charged with felony larceny, I believe. And he could be facing five years in prison for this. So this is a big L on his part. His, theirs, whatever. But big L, big L. And like you said earlier, Tusk, it does appear that this was a diversity hire anyway. So uh, God knows what will happen to the culture if uh, the one diversity hire of the Biden administration gets relieved of his duty or goes to prison well he's not the only diversity he hasn't. i mean from from my understanding the majority of biden's cabinet is a diversity hire and obviously not because they're diverse 
but because they are diverse hires, that's why his entire administration is incompetent on every possible level. However, back to... The, the dude's name is Sam. Sam Britton. So I'm, I'm going to call him a he... I, I really don't know what the fuck he is. I, I've tried looking at... There's no fucking telling. I'm calling him a he. Yeah, that's a are, tough one. Are we sure that he's a diversity hire, though? Because, yeah, he's non-binary but apparently i mean he graduated from mit but there's so many other people with uh those sorts of degrees that is he got hired because he's openly gender fluid and has a very long sexual deviancy track record he apparently hosted a quote-unquote spanking seminar lately what the fuck and has been actually i don't want a few months I don't want to know either, but the Breitbart did a story about this lately, and he has apparently been, quote, active in the kink community since 2013, and he hosts, quote, monthly kink parties in his, quote, dungeon, and uh, he uh, taught kink 101 courses, again in quotes, workshops on college campuses. Some of this included three men in leather dog masks. He called pup play and uh, it just goes downhill from there charged with again and i think it's larceny dealing a 2325 dollar bag from just a carousel just up and steal somebody's bag doesn't look like his i don't believe he is still in the employ of the biden administration he's on administrative leave or something like that and the Biden administration is not even answering if he is still being paid. So I just assume he's still being paid. Our tax dollars at work. Yeah, if anybody calls him out on his bullshit, they're probably just going to accuse him of being homophobic, transphobic, whatever the fuck a phobic. But uh, yeah, my life could have probably been better if I had never known that this guy existed. You and I both. Yeah, so... He graduated from MIT in 2013, so I wouldn't guess that he got into MIT simply for diversity points, but the Biden administration has made it... Hell, they've been open as fuck about it. Biden even came out uh, during his campaign for the presidency saying that he would vow to appoint certain members simply because of them not being straight white men so it's very clear why his administration is such a fucking failure and well this is why well if you're prioritizing a uh, sexual deviancy with uh, dudes who are teaching courses that are named spanking from calculus to chemistry then you're probably going to get an inferior result when the product is government you're probably going to get a very shitty deal. You just get people who just steal people's luggage, I guess. A nuclear engineer from MIT, and you gotta steal people's luggage to get by. What the fuck, man? This is not a serious country. No, it is not. What's On... even less serious is Alex Jones and his interview with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes. Yeah. That was even less serious. Yeah, that... 
We've discussed some of the left-wing shit show that's been going on, and now we have to go to the right-wing shit show, which is not looking any better. Kanye West, as I'm sure many of our listeners know already, he's been back in the spotlight, and he is very clearly not well in the head at all. He went on to an interview with Alex Jones wearing an entire, like, a mask, almost like a black ski mask, except there were no holes anywhere, and it covered his entire head. And he said, basically, that he likes Hitler. And I'm not exaggerating what he said. No, he straight up said that he admired many things about Hitler and that the Holocaust didn't happen, his words, not mine, and that everybody in some way brings something to the table with their life and that that includes hitler your thoughts uh this is the worst thing he could possibly say right now yeah of all things he could have said if you want to go into politics he's supposedly running for president he had to pick the worst take you could possibly make agreeing with hitler and he went further then and went to holocaust denial territory which Obviously, we shouldn't even have to discuss this, but for some reason, this is a thing where people will just completely disregard all the scholarship on genocide that we've accumulated over the past around 70 years, where the Allies went out of their way to document this as much as possible, and the scholars afterwards went out of their way to document the Holocaust as much as they possibly could. That's why there's so much material on it because they wanted to get all the material, cover all the bases, so people wouldn't be saying shit like this 70 years later. But even in spite of it being one of the most highly covered aspects of world history, people are apparently just throwing all that scholarship out the window and saying, nope, didn't happen. That's uh, dumb as fuck, and that's actually offensive to the whole idea of truth. If you can say that that the Holocaust didn't happen, if you can say that and people will buy it, then the whole idea of truth is under fire. If that's not true in a objective sense, and that this was a fact that this happened, then everything else is up for grabs at this rate. Yeah, never mind the fact that we have still surviving victims of the Holocaust with the numbers tattooed on their arms and everything, never mind the fact that we have well-documented and credible surviving journals of people who survived the Holocaust, and no, not just Anne Frank. She's the best known, but there are actually many, many more diaries and journals kept by people who survived the Holocaust. It's like Flat Earth. Like, this is a political equivalent of Flat Earth. When somebody says something like this, you wonder for a few minutes if they're being serious or not. Right. It's not deniable. The Holocaust did happen. There is definitive proof of it. There is definitive proof of it being led by Adolf Hitler. Yes. It was his goal. He was very open about it eventually, saying that his purpose, the purpose of the Nazi party was to create a master race and to weed out races that they deemed inferior, namely the Jews. Right. And the documentary evidence, like you said earlier, is 
just because of the horror of it, it's been documented better than almost any event in recent history. Like you said, that there's a lot of uh, diaries and stuff from people who went through or persecuted under the regime. Uh, a few months ago, I read a 500-page anthology of some of their writings, and that's just account after account by different people. Also, there really is no shortage of uh, literature from the perspective of people who were being persecuted. The U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum, based out of D.C., is currently assembling a database of all, all the names of the uh, Jewish victims, and I believe there are around 3.5 million names right now. It's searchable. You can just go on the internet and uh, search this stuff and check their database. It's right there. It's open for the public. Uh, in my collection, my personal collection of books, there's a collection of 316 maps detailing a week-by-week -week progress of uh, Holocaust that was assembled by uh, Sir Martin Gilbert, a uh, renowned historian who also wrote a number of other books on the subject like uh, Outfits and the Allies and uh, The Complete History of World War II, which dwells on the Holocaust quite a lot. Literature on this subject is just so thick you can't throw a rock without hitting it. And Kanye has just totally gone off the deep end, it seems like. He's saying all kinds of crazy shit. Nick Fuentes says in the interview, he's now white supremacist. Kanye West just jumps in and says, don't worry, I am, or some shit like that. This is not the behavior that a normal person should be doing. I'm not going to psychologically evaluate him, because I, I don't know the guy, but it, it's very suggestive about his mental health. And the last people he should be talking to and associating with are vultures like uh, Nick Fuentes and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos that are all in his campaign. He needs help, not these guys. To put it into perspective, during the interview, Alex Jones had to be the sane one and try to sort of compensate what Kanye was saying. Like, oh, <laughs> the Holocaust... Didn't have, oh, by that you mean uh, it's just not what we think, right? And Kanye's like, no, no, the, the Holocaust didn't happen. Which, uh, again, it says a lot when it's coming from Alex Jones, especially considering that Alex Jones is known for denying the Sandy Hook massacre. Me personally, I've never liked Kanye West, even before the whole political shit. I never liked him. I always thought he was a pretty shitty person. But this is a new low, even for somebody who I always thought was batshit insane. I generally agree with that. I I don't listen to Kanye West. His music just never appealed to me. I'm uh, not big into hip-hop at all. All The closest thing I listen to is actually a country rap. Very unpopular music choice, but I digress. I always thought he was a, kind of an eccentric but largely harmless fellow, but... Now he's saying all kinds of unhinged shit, so perhaps it's a little bit more than eccentric. Maybe he is might actually have something wrong with him, or maybe he just believes in some shit that's just flat-out wrong and harmful. But I digress. I don't listen to his music. Not going to. Always thought he was weird. Now he's just way off in left field. Right. So this guy's not part of the genuine political discourse in this country. He shouldn't be, at least. I mean, considering his... I believe it was in 2020 
that he sort of sat- satirically ran for president as the nominee of the quote-unquote birthday party, which, not going to lie, I chuckled the first time I saw that, but I digress. He was also banned by Elon Musk from Twitter, and I believe I saw that he was only banned for 12 hours and not permanently, but I may be wrong on that, which, again, I mean, that's a bit of a tangent there, but I find it funny considering Elon Musk bought Twitter saying that he was only going to ban people if they were inciting crime or acts of violence, etc. Which, I guess, some of the shit that Kanye tweeted could definitely be considered threats of violence. Your thoughts on the whole Kanye and Twitter debacle, Marquis? Anti-Semitic, yes. But at the same time, I'll also paraphrase Voltaire. I may not agree with what you say, but I'll fight to death for your right to say it. I do not believe in censorship of any kind, whether it comes from the state or from a big corporation owned by Elon Musk. Terrible. Shouldn't be saying it. I disagree with his speech. But at the same time, if we limit anyone's speech, all of our speech is in danger of being limited. That's why I don't give anyone the sanction to say, Yes, this can be limited. Yes, this speech is so bad that we can limit it, and we should punish anyone who does this through one way or another. That sort of thinking is the path towards the criminalization of speech and us not being able to speak. What starts with Kanye ends with Tusk getting pulled off the air. It ends with thought crime. Right, and I I totally 100% agree on you know, fuck censorship, free speech shouldn't be limited. However, there's also the issue of inciting crime. Do you believe that that's an issue when somebody says, hey, you, you should go kill this person, or, you know, say some big celebrity tweets out like, hey, all my fans, y'all should go and do this. I'm yet to see Kanye West actually say that certain people should be hurt or something to that extent. If he does say that, then there can be no protection for threats of physical violence. I didn't have the exact tweet, but now I have it up, and it says... So he tweeted this out saying, and I quote, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on, in all caps, JEWISH PEOPLE. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. I think what might have gotten him banned is him saying that he was going to go death con 3 on Jewish people. Yeah, it sounds fucked up. Very uh, anti-Semitic of him to say that. Again, I don't like Kanye. Now I don't like him because he's an anti-Semite piece of shit, but... I'll also say that he should be able to talk, just like we should be able to talk. That being said, if someone wants to say hey, about how Kanye is this and Kanye is that, they should be able to say that too. We're saying that right now. The answer is to counter speech with speech, not go around censoring people, even for saying in crazy things. If that is a threat, that's a very nondescript one. That's a very strange threat to make. So I'm not buying that this is an immediate threat of violence. Well, 
just say hypothetically that it was, do you believe that threats of violence are stepping out of the boundaries of free speech? If you're actually threatening to do physical harm to another person or their property, then that is not protected speech. But I am not sold that that fits under that criteria. Uh, Kanye isn't threatening to shoot anybody or anything. I mean, he said death con three. Because he's an idiot and doesn't know what death con means. Uh, It's a nuclear readiness thing. So I assume maybe he means he's going to make some sort of vile anti-Semitic tweet storm or something. We can only hope. But then again, I mean, who the fuck knows what's going on in Kanye's head anymore? It's really a futile effort to diagnose the guy. I'm not going to try. I don't know him. I don't have the proper psychological training to do that. But I will say that, that the man should be able to speak. If no one wants to give him a platform to speak, people don't have to associate. I, I agree with you. I don't think he made any explicit physical harm threats or inciting people to actually do physical harm to other people. How I would say that people should handle this is basically just to ignore him. He's going to go away before too long. Nobody is going to just keep up saying crazy shit like this. It's just something that's going to burn hot for a little while. Then he'll probably go crawl off into a hole somewhere and uh, go release a shitty album or something. Just yeah, probably. Don't buy his music. Don't listen to it. Don't pay him any attention. Unfollow him. Don't like his stuff. Don't listen to his interviews. Just ignore him like we ignore all the other anti-Semites and Holocaust deniers out there. They don't always go away, but just ignore him. From what I've seen... I don't think that he should have been banned, especially considering the entire reason Musk bought Twitter. Which, speaking of Musk and Twitter, according to Business Insider, Elon Musk is saying that he'll release details about, quote-unquote, what really happened with the Hunter Biden story suppression by Twitter. This was released December 2nd. Elon Musk said on Friday that he would release details on Twitter's suppression of a story about Hunter Biden's laptop, and apparently Twitter restricted distribution of the story, citing concerns that it could be the result of a foreign disinformation campaign. Oh, the irony. And Musk has said that making the company's internal deliberations public, quote-unquote, is necessary to restore public trust. Now, before we get into the Biden laptop story specifically, I think it is very important to remember that Elon Musk is by no means conservative, let alone Republican. In fact, he's actually quite liberal if you look at his political views, and yet he has become an icon of conservatism, or at least conservatism in American politics simply because the left fucking hates him and he fights against every social justice, politically correct fucking censorship campaign ever. And that's just something important to remember. He's just sane enough to know that shit is just not right. What are your thoughts, Marquis? Indeed, Tusk. 
Elon is not a right winger reflexively at all. He endorsed DeSantis not too long ago in case he runs for president. That's still out in the ether. We don't know if he's going to run yet or not. But yeah, the reason people on the right like him is because he's basically just a breath of fresh air. He's not out here claiming that we need to censor the internet like the Chinese do, or we need this corporate oligarchy to control everything we need to think about. Or we need a government disinformation board like a Nina Jankowitz, that authoritarian bastard, and a Biden want. So Elon is one of the few people with any clout in the social media industry who is out here saying that we need free speech out here on the Internet. The civil liberties groups are obviously doing it. Republicans are doing it. Libertarians have always been doing it. Elon is one of the few industry insiders since the social media went crazy authoritarian a few years ago that's actually coming out for free speech. Whether or not this is just some business ploy or if it's just a giant PR campaign or a pet project, whatever his motives, he seems to be doing something genuinely good for liberty. Whether or not it's perfect, definitely not going to be. But it's a step in the right direction. It's a step away from that uh, Jack Dorsey shadow ban, censor everything that's not the party line, that whole craziness from a few years ago. Anything that's a step away from that is a step towards liberty on the net. That's something we should support. Definitely. What are your thoughts specifically on the whole Biden laptop, Twitter, and any of the other social media corporations? Right. It's been coming out over the past few months that the social media giants absolutely did censor the original Washington Post story and everything subsequent to it in the lead up to that election. And that much is not disputed anymore. And it's also not disputed that this was a real story that has big national security ramifications. Just the other day, CBS News confirmed what we knew for over a year by verifying the New York Post investigation from all that time ago. So this is still a lively news item with new updates coming out in a little trickle, but all the big corporations, this corporate oligarchy that controls the social media firms, they all colluded a few years ago to try to suppress this and keep it out of the voters' minds before election day. That really shows how much power these organizations have and that they're going to do this again. We need to be very vigilant. Price of liberty is eternal vigilance. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's a scary thought. I do worry about elections. I've said it before, obviously, countless times. I don't want to think that the 2020 election was stolen. But it's looking more and more suspicious every single day. The fact that anyone who even looks at something shady from that election and goes, hey, that, that's kind of suspicious and is immediately branded as a nutcase conspiracy theorist, uh, far-right extremist and a threat to democracy by the media, by D.C. I mean, people accuse Trump of stealing the 2016 election. And you know what people did in response? They laughed. 
there was a Mueller report that investigated it, and he came back saying, we ain't got jack shit. There was no Russian collusion. But people laughed for the most part. But now, if you want to say, hey, um, several hundred thousand votes just came in overnight, and every single one was for Biden, not one for Trump, not one for a third party, every single one was for Biden, that seems kind of suspicious, and everybody calls you a threat to democracy, and basically tries to overkill in response to you, that's pretty fucking suspicious. And now we've clearly got big corporations trying to hide news stories to try to keep voters as ignorant as possible. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions here, but I will say this. If Ron DeSantis runs and wins the primaries, and Biden beats him in 2024, shit ain't right. There will not be a doubt in my mind that shit is stolen and fraudulent. Indeed, Tusk. There's a lot more going on than meets the eye, and a lot of it's just coming out right now. Samuel Bankman fried the FTX billionaire who defrauded billions from his customers, is the sixth biggest donor in American politics, the second biggest Democrat donor, only behind George Soros. He donated almost $40 million in the last fiscal year alone to different candidates. He's one of the most influential people in this country, the second biggest Democrat donor. And he defrauded billions of dollars from his. There's a web of corruption right there that we're going to have to unravel. I don't know how long it's going to take, but when you have one of the most corrupt people in the country being the second biggest political donor to a party, you know something's really fishy and something is severely wrong. At the same time, we have the corporate oligarchy that's in charge of social media firms on a coordinated collusive censorship strategy where they're directly in bed with government officials saying hey we think you should do this nudge nudge wink wink do this or maybe something might bad happen to your company who knows maybe you should just do what we say we the governments that right there is terrifying but of course uh by pointing that out, Marquis, you are a threat to democracy and a far-right extremist. Not even on the right, but... In fact, the FBI people. is on their way to your home right now, Marquis. I know they are. <laughs> I love this show. Yeah, me too. I think that about wraps us up for tonight, right, Marquis? You got anything else? I think it absolutely does wrap it up. We hit all the high notes and... Uh, Quite a lot of high notes there were. I think Alex Jones said it best in his crazy interview with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes. I'm in the twilight zone right now. It takes a lot to make Alex Jones look like a boring person in an interview. He did it. And much like Alex Jones, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone right now. Yeah. I can only handle so much twilight zone. When you get a breath of fresh air, savor that breath. Anyways, uh, Marquis, do you have any final thoughts on anything we've discussed or anything that you just want to get out there? No, I believe that sums it up. Been an interesting week. It has been. 
Anyways, that's all for this week's episode. I'll see you all next week. God bless America.